This episode is brought to you by Simply Energy and the Simply Gold Class Plus Energy Offer. He said he would be back and now he is in Terminator Dark Fate. Who are you? My name is Sarah Connor. Never seen one like you before. Almost human. I am human. Why do you care what happens to her? I'm going hunting. And the jaws of the new generation in 47 meters down, uncaged. I am going to take you to a place that no tourist would ever find in a million years. Okay, turn your lights on. It's an emergency alarm. Can you feel that? Guys, there's a shark! This place is a maze. We're going to die down here. That's this week on The Cinema Crew. Hello and welcome to The Cinema Crew, the podcast that talks new movies every week. My name is Michael Campbell, but you can call me Cambo. And joining me as always is Vary McIntyre. Hello. And Dan Miranda. Hi. Now your chance to win a Gold Class Double Pass, thanks to Simply Energy and the Simply Gold Class Plus Energy Offer, coming up just a little later on. But first. Talk. Talk fast. You first. My name is Sarah Connor. August 29, 1997 was supposed to be Judgment Day. My son John and I stopped it. Saved three billion lives. Enough of a resume for you. We don't want this one. It's all over. You know, when we're done, I am going to kill you. Let me take you on a journey. The year is 2003 and everyone is excited. After years of waiting, Terminator 3 is finally here. And then the film was released and it was a disappointment. Time to reboot. The year is now 2009 and people are excited. Terminator Salvation is about to hit the screens and the filmmakers assure us, forget the previous one, this is the real Terminator 3. Then the film came out and it was a disappointment. Time to reboot. Cut to 2015 and people are excited. Terminator Genesis is about to hit the big screen and the filmmakers assure us, don't worry about Terminator 3. Don't worry about Terminator Salvation. This is the real Terminator 3. And then the film came out and it was a disappointment, but we are on the eve of the release of Terminator Dark Fate and don't worry because the filmmakers have assured us that this is the real Terminator 3. Vari, should we be worried? <laughs> well, you say people were excited, but I wasn't because I'm not. <laughs> I'm not really into Terminator. I don't think I've ever seen a full one through. So, uh, yeah, don't judge me, please. No, that's fine. <laughs> and speaking of, <laughs> this movie has a tagline of welcome to the day after Judgment Day. So, yes, this one we are assured is set after T2. Yeah, so it's the real Terminator 3. But <laughs> we actually have James Cameron back for this one yeah, um, on board as a, <laughs> as a producer, creative <laughs> consultant. And he said because of all the other ones before that he wasn't involved with, they don't really count. They're part of an alternate timeline. Mm. 
So this one, it's been more than two decades since Sarah Connor prevented Judgment Day and rewrote the fate of the human race. And we see Danny, who lives a simple life in Mexico City, but a new Terminator from the future is sent to kill her. Now she needs the help of Grace, a human robot super soldier also from the future, and Sarah Connor, plus the original Arnie Terminator, and they have to help her and stop Judgment Day again. So this has been a pretty secretive film, and in fact we haven't even managed to see it yet. That's how secretive it is. I'm going to say I'm cautiously optimistic mm-hmm. because there's been a many Terminator 3s, as I discussed. <laughs> yeah. mm. And, well, by the way, all of those real quotes, every time they've said this is the real Terminator 3. Look, I wasn't even aware of that. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> because Terminator 2 Judgment Day is seen as like a masterpiece action film and one of the best sequels of all time. Uh, way better than even the original Terminator. That's a good example of where a sequel act actually outshines its predecessor. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, it it took everything that worked about the second and made it better and everything that didn't work it got rid of. It really trimmed the fat. Mm. So this has a couple of things going for it that the others didn't. One of them is James Cameron, who knows how to do sequels well, Terminator 2, Aliens, things like that. His sequels are generally like better than the originals. Yeah. It also has Tim Miller, who directed yes. the original Deadpool movie. He is a really good... He can take a really interesting concept like Deadpool mm. and work out what about it works on screen. Yeah. So for that reason, cautiously optimistic, but <laughs> history would tell me that this is what always happens and I'm scared. But also the original actors that we've got back as well. Exactly. Linda Hamilton. Yes. Mm-hmm. The original Sarah Connor. Yes. Forget that ridiculous television series, the Sarah <laughs> Connor Chronicles. None of that exists. This is the true, yep. the original actress portraying the original character. And not only that, we do have her original son back as well. Yeah, well, Edward Furlong, mm-hmm. who uh, he's been out of the spotlight since Terminator Two, I think. Right? Oh, he's done some stuff, but not big. Has he though? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, th- I feel like out of the the mainstream pop culture, Edward Furlong kind of tumbled with Macaulay Culkin and some of the other nineties, mm. uh, like uh, preteen actors. Uh, but yeah, they they're bringing all the OG people back. Yeah, this is what I think is the smartest thing about Terminator Dark Fate is that for some reason people assumed in all these sequels that it was Arnold's story as mm. the Terminator, and it never was. Yeah, no. It was always Sarah Connor mm-hmm. and her story and what made her so good. And the fact that they kept focusing on Arnold Schwarzenegger, which was just kind of a cool, interesting element, reminds me of the Pirates of the Caribbean films. The more that they focused on Jack Sparrow, the less interesting they got because <laughs> he isn't necessarily what is actually in the heart of those movies. Mm. Yeah. Like the way that the Terminator, although it's on the poster, isn't the heart of the movie Sarah Connor is. And they got her. They got her back. Yes. And the in- most interesting thing for me about this is even though I haven't seen the films, I have done a lot of research looking at female characters in action and sci-fi. And so to see the original actress back and I wonder what she is going to bring to the role and what Sarah Connor has been up to these past 20, 30 years. So her development over the first couple of films from a waitress to this gunslinging hero. And then I wonder what she's been doing. She looks like she's just as badass as the the first couple of films. And Arnie's in it a little bit in the trailers. You can see that he might come back, but it's definitely about the the three female characters that we see most of that look like they're going to be the, the crux of the story. Sarah Connor is a really interesting uh, case of James Cameron taking some of the criticism of the first movie, which is that she was kind of a damsel in distress and always being rescued, just doubling down in T2 so much that Sarah Connor became like a feminist icon. There's a really classic yeah. picture of her in the aviators tank top and a gun over her shoulder that's, yeah. that's constantly kind of 
representing even before this big uh, Me Too movement and, and the 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 idea that like um, diversity is really important. Uh, James Cameron, to his credit, mm. uh, Aliens with Ripley and Sarah yeah. Connor was doing this. And I think that's mm-hmm. so cool that in the peak where it is like you're getting all these female superheroes now, you bring back the OG. And interestingly with those characters, the costume that is synonymous with them is like a white singlet as yeah. well. <laughs> and we've got Mackenzie Davis, who you might know from San Junipero, one of the Black Mirror episodes, as this new robot human hybrid Terminator helping the main character. And she also is in a white singlet with short hair. I wonder what it is about these characters in sci-fi action movies and have to wear a white singlet. Well, I I guarantee by the end of the film they will no longer be white. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing I found uh, quite humorous in uh, my research was that Linda Hamilton, I I guess, was having such a good time filming this that James Cameron had to tell her to stop smiling whilst firing off her gun. <laughs> you know, she's Sarah Connor. She's got to be badass. Yeah, serious, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, I guess, what what makes me a little bit concerned is that uh, the Terminator franchise was very big into practical effects. Stan Winston is like a pioneer of practical effects in Hollywood and he created the original endoskeleton of the Terminator. Mm. Tim Miller comes from a visual effects company. That's where he first came from called Blur. And that's why Deadpool was made quite cheap. It has got a lot of CGI, but he mm. came from that industry, so he got it cheap. But it does look more CGI than practical, and that kind mm. of breaks my little practical love. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know? for sure. And I just hope that that is just highlights in the trailer, trying to sh- kind of hype you up more than it's indicative of how the film's going to end up. I I'd, just don't want it to become a cartoon. Yeah, you look back at the 90s effects, though, <laughs> And one of the Terminators and he's running along and it's just this like, it's like the Silver Surfer. It's yeah. just this like big blur he's, he's of silver. He's a liquid metal Terminator. Yeah. yeah. The best one. And he's running and you're like, oh, that's so 90s. And they're, bring, so, they're bringing it back for this film. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, they try and bring it back every film uh. because people love that Terminator so much. Then, yeah, they never quite topped uh, Robert Patrick's villain. But, I mean, you say that some of it has dated and that is true, but a lot of it, really, really holds up in the same way that Jurassic Park, even though it's from 94, yeah. still kind of amazingly holds up. Because mm. okay. a lot of uh, really practical effects to do with uh, like peeling off skin with uh, exoskeletons underneath mm. and surgery into open heads. And and it was all done practically with either um, – Linda Hamilton has an identical twin, so they used used that a lot with huh. to, to double people. And, cool. and it was really clever how they've done it. And I just hope that the CGI doesn't take out that kind of creative flair that those films were so well known for. When I was in Universal Studios many years ago in Orlando, they actually have a Terminator 2 live show and you do have oh, all yeah. that exoskeleton, you know, yeah. real fabricated stuff. Do you, do you stuff. know how they described mm. that live show, by the way? Uh, probably a lot more in a better way than I saw it. They described <laughs> it as the real Terminator 3. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they did. No. Because it was set after the oh, events of Terminator 2. There? But also along with that, they do have a lot of live stunt shows with cars flipping. And I, yes. I get that that's, you know, a recurring thing. But I feel like a lot of Hollywood today may not really put value on that as much. Yeah, and Surely I, it's cheaper than getting someone to do a CGI version. Well, it, in, I think it's to do with like, you know, safety concerns and things like that. It's a lot oh, safer. Oh, right, right. CGI Sa- safety, okay. <laughs> but that was part of the thing that people seemed to not like about Terminator Genesis from a few years ago. Yeah. It was so CGI heavy that it, mm. it didn't, it, there was nothing unique about it. It, it seemed kind of cookie cutter. And yeah. I know James Cameron is big into his visual effects as is Tim Miller. But I'm sure yeah. that being the good filmmaker he is, he knows that the heart of it is kind of these practical effects as well. Mm. Mm. I'm just hoping this sequel or what do they call it? Requel? 
now, yeah. like a re-sequel, <laughs> oh. uh, is more successful than what they did with the X-Men franchise. Which time, Mari? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that thing so many times. Exactly. So who do you think should see Terminator Dark Fate? Yeah, look, this one, as we've mentioned, is the real third film in the franchise. <laughs> so fans of the first two films, both uh, James Cameron films as well. He's really endorsed this one. Forget all the others are going to enjoy this. It's uh, think akin to what The Force Awakens did for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. This is doing for the Terminator series. And so if you enjoyed the first two original, just try one more time. Let's hope <laughs> that we can, you know, make it correctly. And if you enjoy like, you know, those classic 80s action explosive films as well. Yeah, and I guess if you haven't seen all the other ones like myself, you only have to watch two of them and then you can watch this one. In fact, they say don't watch the other ones. Yes, no, it would be way too confusing if I caught up. So I only have to watch two more films and then I can watch this one. Also still in cinemas blinded by the light. Javid's connection to his father through the music of Bruce Springsteen. Ready or not. A game of hide and seek gets bloody. And after the wedding. Michelle Williams, Julianne Moore and Billy Crudup with a suspicious secret. Yes, you can hear about all of those movies and, in fact, everything that's in cinemas right now in our back catalogue that you can access from whichever podcast app you'd like. Can you feel that? Corey! I'm so It is getting close to Halloween. It's tomorrow, in fact. And you can tell because there's an influx of horror and thriller films hitting the big screen. The latest is a sequel to the surprise hit 47 Meters Down, creatively titled 47 Meters Down Uncaged. Is this horror or just a bit of campy fun? I think this is a bit of campy fun, but also a bit of horror. I went into this film pretty pumped up because I really enjoyed the first one, which was originally titled In the Deep before they reworked the entire film into a franchise, which is what we now know as the 47 Metres Down franchise. And, yeah, I think this will will be a good, you know, sequel to the, to the franchise. But to get down to the nitty-gritty, this is what it's about. It's about four unlikely friends, two of which are sisters by marriage, and they are opportunistic when they come across some equipment at the surface level of the ruins of an underwater city, and they quickly learn, however, that they're not alone in the submerged caves. Yeah, it's a cool setting. It is like a very an scary underwater temple, I guess you would call yeah. it. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's I think very it's supposed to be a Mayan city, and there's yeah. a labyrinth of caves and things through it. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if anyone here has seen the the horror movie The Descent, but it's a mm, horror yeah. movie set in this like labyrinth. I mean, that's like yeah. spelunking in a cave, yeah, but there's like really claustrophobically close uh, syndicate mm. of like underground tunnels. Yeah, and it's essentially done that, but then to even up the ante more, they've got to like a certain amount of oxygen left and they've got a certain mm. amount, you know, it's underwater yeah. Yeah. and there's sharks. Well, the sharks in this yeah. uh, actually are, in fact, blind great white sharks and <laughs> that might sound ridiculous, but the reason why they're blind is because they've been stuck within these caves without getting out to the, the main outside water. Mm. So they've evolved, devolved? Uh, Acclimatised. Yeah. Acclimatised. Yeah. So they don't require sight anymore and they are surviving in these very small chasms, as it were. We're going to die down here. 
feat of acting and cinematography to film what is the majority of this film underwater. They've created a massive set to make it look like this city and caves and everything in a water tank, I guess. And everything that the the girls had to act, they were in scuba gear. So they have masks on, they're actually swimming in the water and they're having to like talk and act with each other. Mm. I don't know how that was possible. No. Well, see, such a good like, job. This is like the filmmaker brain in my head. Mm. I know that they would have had to ADR, which is like re- record your lines after the fact, every single line of dialogue yeah. that they were under. Because you can't. You can't record dialogue underwater. Yeah. So they would have needed to act it underwater, mm-hmm. come back up months later, and then react it to get all the voices yeah, back of in. Course. That's so complicated. I can't <laughs> believe they did it. And it is funny you mentioned that because, Vary, we talked about this after the film, communication in this film. Uh, they have these scuba diving masks which actually don't cover their ears. So mm. they are. You cannot see me rolling my eyes right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's another issue, but it's a film about sharks in a cave. Yeah, so I saw I saw an interview with Sistine Stallone who talks about how when they were underwater, the girls couldn't hear each other. So they just had to rely on looking at each other's lips to see when they were talking to deliver their next line. So clearly, re- in reality, they couldn't hear each other. But in the film, they are supposed to be able to hear and talk to each other. They've got headsets or something. So you see their entire face is covered. So they can talk. They don't have regulators or anything. But the mask doesn't cover their ears. So how can they How can <laughs> they, they hear yeah. each other? It's funny because Jaws has a reputation for being one of the most complicated and complex and stressful shoots in film history. Mm. And I like the fact that. Shark films have just kept that up ever since because yeah. the logistics of it are just so complicated yeah. that you always need to be doing something that is detrimental to the art of filmmaking yeah. to be able to do it. They had months of training. They had to learn how to scuba dive. They had to get their licenses. One of the actors, Corinne Fox, had to learn to swim. She oh, couldn't really? even <laughs> swim beforehand. So all that packaged up, all the the work they've had to do to, to put all the voices back in and the training of swimming – is it worth it? Did you think that it did it give you thrills? Oh, let me tell you, this film, much like the first, is overwhelming with jump scares <laughs> and the anticipation of them. In fact, and uh, to my embarrassment, they all got the better of me, and I was <laughs> holding Vary's arm very tight. <laughs> so, no, last week we talked about uh, Ready or Not and how much scarier it is when characters make decisions that you would make yourself. Hmm. And in this one, they seem to flip back and forth between making good decisions and just really dumb decisions. Classic horror And the sharks as well seem to be (laughs) dumb or smart depending on the situation. Like they'll fit through a cave if they need to be scared and then it'll stop them and they can't get through into the little hole in another situation. So there's no consistency. And at first that really annoyed me. (laughs) And then I thought, well, actually, now I can't predict what's going to happen. So it kind of worked. (laughs) So it's the the inconsistency of logic. (laughs) Yes. actually worked to the betterment of the film because yeah. it made it harder to predict. Yes. That's actually, I've never heard anyone explain it like that, mm. but that's a really interesting viewpoint. We should also mention that this is the acting debut of who you mentioned earlier, Sistine Rose Stallone, who is in fact Sylvester Stallone's daughter, mm-hmm. along with Corinne Fox, who is Jamie Fox's daughter, who I believe gave her acting lessons for her. Jamie Foxx ever acting. Yeah, for this role. (laughs) And apparently not swimming lessons. Oh, no. Also, it makes Stallone look bad that he didn't give his daughter acting (laughs) lessons. Right. Oh, she's an expert. (laughs) (laughs) So who do you think should see 47 Metres Down uncaged? So fans of the film, the first film, will potentially be disappointed in this instalment. I thought 
it sort of lacked the singular isolation of the original because that's just set in one place at the bottom yeah, of the very ocean. Simple in the cage. Premise, yeah. Correct. But it does, as I mentioned before, have a lot of un- unanticipated scares and jump scares. So if you like that, you'll enjoy it. as well as a CGI screaming fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's a highlight. Mm. If you don't want to ever go cave diving <laughs> or if you have claustrophobia. Um, yeah, don't see these films. But if you like to be scared by those things, it's excellent. Vari, do you know the famous catchphrase from The Terminator that Arnold Schwarzenegger says? Which one? There's a couple. Yes? Well, what do you think is his most iconic? I'll be back. Well, you know who else is back? Simply Energy, sponsoring this podcast. Yes, that's right. We have a sponsor on board who love movies almost as much as us. Simply Energy has a great energy deal for movie lovers. Switch to Simply Gold Class Plus and receive up to eight Gold Class tickets with your energy offer. Dan, what would you use the vouchers for? Oh, do you know what? I I love a a scary film. I'm going to 47 metres down a cage. Oh, what about you, Vari? Oh, for Halloween, I'd love to see Ready or Not. Oh, I'm going to hedge my bets and I would use them on Terminator Dark Fate because, like I said... I have faith, even though I shouldn't. Mm. For more information, simply look up Simply Energy. Now your chance to win a Gold Class Double Pass, thanks to Simply Energy and the Simply Gold Class Plus Energy Offer, simply head to the Village Cinema's Facebook or Instagram page, look for the Cinema Crew post and answer the question. What's your favourite 80s movie franchise? Oh, yeah, what else should be rebooted? Like Gremlins. Oh, that would be oh, yes, good. I love Gremlins. But again, I'm scared they would CGI them. It's my, oh, it's my greatest yeah, fear. I'm a man that's scared of CGI. Simply leave your answer with the hashtag The Cinema Crew for your chance to win. Next week, get ready for some red rum in Doctor Sleep. Christmas rom-coms and George Michael are together at last in Last Christmas. Some Australian horror in The Furies. Oscar buzz for Antonia Banderas in Pain and Glory. And Shia LaBeouf is back in the uniquely titled The Peanut Butter Falcon. Until next time, thank you, Bari. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. My name is Cambo. This is The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas. <laughs>